Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. My name's Matt. And I'm Paul. Welcome to episode 94. On this episode, we will be doing no main review, but we do have a special top 10 of 2021 that we'll be going through from 10 to number one to see what our number one best film of horror had to offer for us from 2021. And not only that, we'll be doing our movie from the vault that Paul pulled out of the bag from last episode, Night of the Demons from 1988. How are you doing, bud? Happy Christmas. Have a nice Christmas and everything. I had a lovely Christmas, thank you. Um, cracking. I got some lovely goodies. Um, mainly Star Wars related. Had a bit of Harry Potter stuff. It's great. You know. Awesome. Kind of guy I am, really. Got a couple of uh, good little pops and stuff. Dave Grohl biography to read. So. Nice. I didn't know you could read. I can. I can do a lot of things. <laughs> what about you? Get anything special? What did Santa bring you? I've got some Back to the Future socks. Some uh, Marvel Lego. Um, bits, other bits and pieces. But yeah, it was, it was good. Did you get chance to watch anything cool over the last couple of weeks? Since we last spoke, not really. Nothing <laughs> that sort of frames your mind. Spider Man or what? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Obviously not horror related, yeah. But um, yeah, obviously watched a new Spider Man movie as yourself did. Obviously, I did get to see it. I was a bit dead, wasn't I? But I did get to see it. Like yeah, uh, yeah. eventually, you left me hanging there all on my own. Yes, <laughs> it's lovely though. Watched it. Yeah. It was uh, it was good good fun quite you know good creepiness and good good little spoiler trailer for Doctor Strange, mm, that was which hopefully will be a full ball to the wall horror. But we shall see. You never know. You never know. Yes. What about yourself? What you've been watching? I know you you've got loads to to talk about. I got too much. Too much. No no no. Yellow jackets is all I kind of want to discuss and and uh, and and bellow to the masses because this is an exciting um new tv series what's been oh it's been out for about uh, a month and a bit now it's a weekly weekly episodes dropping i've discovered it on now tv so i'm quite happy with that i'm up it's, so far seven episodes have dropped um with the eighth one coming on uh the monday the second or the second of january or sunday the second of january um it stars ella punel uh, um, Christina Ritchie, Juliette Lewis, mm. and that's a plethora of others. And it's exciting. Um, think alive with, um, this sort of like teenage soccer edge. And they're trapped in the, the woods. Football. There's some kind of paranormal thing going on, quite culty. I'm not really sure. You just, it's just a mystery. There's a great mystery. Some really good gore, some really strong characters and some really strong to- uh, storytelling what did you you've watched the pilot haven't you i've watched the first episode yeah yeah I've, I've, so far i'm loving the soundtrack obviously because it's like mostly from the 90s right? well the the advantage of this movie is obviously they've, they've jumped onto the 90s bandwagon with it set um when they're teenagers in 1996 and then it goes to the modern day 2021 when when some of them are older some of them have escaped and some of them haven't we don't know who um so it's kind of like what happened? And we're, we're on that journey. But yeah, the 1996 soundtrack's fucking great. Mm, yeah, I like it so far. I mean, obviously I've only seen the first episode. Um, like where it's going. The acting is absolutely superb. 
Um, but yeah, I'm really interested. I'll definitely, I'll definitely continue with this one. Awesome. 100% liking it so far. So along that, along that lines, I did, I have watched, obviously I did talk about, I've watched Chucky. I've still mm-hmm. only, because Yellow Jack has taken over a little bit, I've, I've, I'm yet to get back into Chucky. So, but I will be diving into that. Probably, I'll probably binge it before the next episode. Let's be honest. Cool. You can be our roaming reporter on that because I don't think I'm going to get around to it, to be honest. I will let you know. How that <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I continue to be watching. My life is going to be consumed by Cobra Kai. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'll take an afternoon as well. Um, <laughs> but amongst other things, Afterlife is out in January as well. Ricky Gervais's third season of that. So, you know, some quite exciting things. Actually, talking of which, should we move on to some news and get to talking about what is going to be coming in to next year? Absolutely. Well, have you got any news? Have you got anything for us, Matthew? Um, I have, but I don't want to step on your toes if you've got it in your news. So, no. no go, go for it, man. Hit okay. Me. Well, I think the most important news over anything, and I think you're going to love this, um, is a little update that I found on them. Um, just before I came on here, from Bloody Disgusting. So one one of our uh, our movie from the vaults that we actually watched a while back, uh, The Mutilator, is getting an official sequel to The Mutilator 2. How crazy is that, man? I mean, yeah, this was in my list of things to talk about. So, yeah, and it's the I knew, original. I thought I knew you would. But he's retur- Buddy Cooper's returned to write and direct the decades later sequel. I mean, are we going to get another hook in the puss? Maybe there's a hook in the puss too. I'll be there. But not only that, they've got the, some of the original cast in it as well. Apparently, that'd be that'd be immense if they properly like go. Uh, yeah, I'd love. To, I'd be well interested on what the kind of storyline they're going to have with this. Yeah, Ruth Martinez and Bill Hitchcock from the original. Yeah, so that's that's quite exciting. I am uh, looking forward to following and that development. It's not started shooting yet, but it will be shooting in 2022. Oh. Yeah, I, I think it's actually even possibly going to be out next year. Bring it on! Bring on the mutilator too. I'm all for that. Um, okay, so the only other news I've got, the only news yep. I've got in terms of not not talking about movies that are coming, is a Necker update. Oh yeah, yes. Necker uh, next holiday season coming uh, December 2022. We are getting a fucking Krampus Necker toy. That's going to be insane. Potentially more as well. They might they might do some of the other characters as well. But awesome. mate, all day Christmas. That's thing. Pretty interesting. I'm, I would love to see what they're going to bring out on that. The evil elves or the uh, the ginger dead men. Ginger. <laughs> The Jack in the Box clown, bring it on, mate! Yeah, definitely. So that was some exciting toy news. Mm. Um, but other than that, I want to talk about some of the stuff that's going to hit our screens and potentially hit our podcast for next year. Go on. Before you do that, I've got a couple of other bits. Go on. Sorry, yeah. I uh, I, st- I stepped on your gonads there, mate. Go on. <laughs> the um, there was a update uh, on the Friday the thirteenth. Which the the battle for the rights seems to have got a bit less messy. So according to Zerna, which is the, the people um, on the case, the case is officially over, as um, Cunningham, the guy uh, of Horror Inc., has failed to file a cert petition by 4 p.m. deadline. So basically, 
it looks like. What does this mean for the future of Friday the 13th? Basically, it's complicated still, uh, but there's two people that, uh, are, that could work alongside each other if they reach some kind of resolution, um, and then they will make a film. So it looks like that the rights have just relinquished and they're just going to make a film. I freaking hope. <laughs> so that's quite positive news. Also, a little bit of news on Squid Game. Apparently, the guy who made Squid Game is in talks for season three as well now, which is quite interesting. I, I don't think we've seen season two yet, but okay. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's a bit crazy. They've already talking about season three, which I knew that, 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 that it would happen. But we'll see what happens if they can keep that up. How, how good that first season was. We'll see, won't we? So, yeah, that's all the news I've got. I just thought I'd just mention it. Fill me with the goodness for 2022, mate. What have we got coming? The first one I want to talk to, we've talked about before, Tatane, we will be searching for. It's currently out in the UK in some cinemas. Mm-hmm. Not, unfortunately, anywhere near us. So the nearest one to us will be Cardiff. That's the same director that did Raw, right? Yes, it is. Uh-huh. Um, it looks insane. It's that one where it was... About it car ca- fucking in, isn't it? A bit of car it's fucking in it, yeah. Cars. So we really want to review this one. So that was one we're going to be um, hunting down uh, next year to watch. I'm sure it'll pop up on something very, very soon. But currently, uh, one of our uh, lovely listeners, uh, Mr. Paul Thomas, has uh, watched it already over Christmas. Oh, bloody hell. Yes, he went to view in Stratford. So So officially, that really should be this year's releases, not next year's. Well, you know, it's just on the cusp. So we're going to count it as next year. Um, (laughs) Because you could also argue that Lamb has also been out, and that is one that we will also be hunting down and... uh, I like that. Muttoning over. (laughs) Uh, Mulling. Uh, So that's the one that uh, starred Nomi Rapace. Yeah. Um, and it just looks really fucked up again. So there's two, like, really <laughs> cool movies. This one's, like, Scandinavian as well. So all for that. Uh, there's a silent, one called Silent Night, which is out now, um, starring the chap from Jojo, uh, Rabbit, the little boy. Um, it looks like a bit of a Christmassy film. That's on, um, Amazon to buy. So probably worth a watch. We've got Mo- Morbius coming out. When yeah. do we, when's Morbius coming out? Do we know? Next year. Next year sometime. Yes, it's definitely coming out. This is the living vampire um, from Marvel, played by... Well, it's it's going to be Sony. But it's uh, got Jar- uh, Jared Leto, Michael Keaton's coming back, I think, to do um, Vulture again. Definitely uh, in the trailer, isn't it? Yeah, at the moment, the release date is the 28th of Jan, so that's quite soon. Mm. Yeah, that'll be... Uh, that's one I'm that's quite... one to review, I think. Mate, we reviewed Venom. <laughs> And this is Vampires, so... Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The new movie, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, is out next year. Do we know much about this one? There's not a lot yet, but I'm all up for it. Always up for this. It's um, being directed by David Blue Garcia. So we are looking after nearly 50 years... Of hiding, Leatherface returns to terrorise a group of idealistic young friends. So, you know, he's got his fucking chainsaw. It looks badass. We're all for that. <laughs> I've got, it's coming to us in 2022. Potential horror from Marvel. We've talked about this. Doctor Strange is out in uh, May. 
Hmm. Um, so, directed by the lovely Sam Raimi. We shall see. We are going to obviously watch this and then we will make a decision on whether we uh, talk about it on the podcast. We probably will be, but who knows? Looking forward to that. That's probably most anticipated for me next year. Scream is out in a couple of weeks. It's out January 15th or something like that. Yeah, looking forward to that big time. So that'll be the second podcast of the year for us to to watch that. Nope by Jordan Peele. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Can't wait for that because like literally bugger all out about it and just really intrigued by just that poster. It's very, very weird. So let's see if, see if you can strike again. Yeah, please do. Please, please, please. Halloween ends. We're going to get that, obviously, mm. around Halloween next year. So we'll see how the... Uh, see if they can pull it back. Pull it back. Well, yeah, enough said. Terrify 2. We forgot Woo-hoo! about that. You know, that is finally going to be... It won't be a cinema. We might be able to watch it at the Prince Charles or something. We'll have to keep an eye Maybe. out. But, yeah, we will be watching that one. Definitely. Um, Fuck out of that. <laughs> too fucking right. I think about we talked about this one before. The Black Phone. Yeah, it's the weird. It's the one where someone's in. It stars an Ethan Hawke. Um, it's directed by Scott Derrickson. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we know him. Um, and it's it's got. He's being abducted and he's talking to past people who have been killed on a phone. It looks very fucking creepy. The trailer's just yeah. immensely, immensely creepy. That's good. Um, so I'm all for that. That's one that will be out around. Um, the mid mid of twenty two. Um, hatching. Heard about this one? Nope. <laughs> this looks very interesting. I think I just like the poster of this one for a family with like these sort of paper masks on. Okay. Uh, over the face, and it's about a young gymnast who tries to desperately please her demanding mother. Discovers a strange egg. She hides it, keeps it warm, but when it Where hatches. Did she hide it? <laughs> what emerges shocks them all. <laughs> I mean, you've just made it a ten times better, so that's one to one. <laughs> don't worry, darling. Another horror I'm not movie. Worrying, don't worry. Another horror movie starring the wonderful Florence Pugh, who absolutely delighted us in appearing in uh, Hawkeye. Spoilers. <laughs> Everything we do is a spoiler. But don't worry, darling. Um, let's have a look at the plot, shall we? It's directed by Olivia Wilde, who's done some pretty cool things. Yeah. She did that book smart, didn't she? And obviously, and she's starring in this one. I love that movie. So as good. well. It's starring Gemma Chan from The Eternals and mm-hmm. Humans. Chris Pine's in it, and obviously Florence Pugh, who's amazing in Midsummer. Um, it's about a 1950s housewife, housewife living with her husband in a utopian experimental community begins to worry that a glamorous company may be hiding disturbing secrets. Mm. It looks quite creepy. She looks delightful in her 50s gear. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. That'd be set in some kind of weird suburbia, wouldn't it? Yeah, like, it'd be like that one star in Imogen Poots. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it was uh, it was very, very... Vivarium. That's it, yeah. Yeah, that, that was... Um, yeah, something like that, maybe. I don't know. It'd be weird, but that was all aliens and shit, so... That's fucking odd. Have you, have you watched that one yet? No, I haven't. Not yet, no. Definitely a shout. Fucking bonkers. <laughs> so, yeah, there's some there's some little treats that are, uh, that are going to find our 
way in 2022. There's a couple of others that are just real first. Hellraiser TV series is coming out. Jeepers Creepers Reborn. Prey, obviously, by Pre- the Predator prequel. Um, the lovely, the, uh, maybe not so much horror, but Moonfall, that science, fi- that science fiction action where the moon's going to crash into the earth. Very cool. Evil Dead Rises, which is coming to HBO Max in 2022. That's another TV series, isn't it? I'm not sure. Some crazy weird shit. A thriller with starring Ben Affleck and Anna de Uh starring Deep Water, which is described as an erotic psychological thriller. Mm. <laughs> there we go. A couple of treats. A lot more, obviously, coming out that we're uh, hopefully get to and get to talk about. But yeah, can't wait. I think we've got to stop waffling now. Just get on to our uh, our top ten for the year, right? I think so, mate. Alright guys, welcome to our top 10 horror movies of the year. We reviewed some absolute treats, but um, I'll kick, I'm going to kick this bad boy off. And in at number 10, no fucking around, I mean it's been, a, it's been a good year, there's been some absolute stunning horror movies, some that didn't get in there, we'll talk about afterwards. But, I mean this list is, was, was hard to come up with, we, had, we, we did a bit of moving about, a bit of playing... We had, we had a bit of didn't have a falling out, but we you know we definitely had some compromises. I think on this list, and it was and it was really hard to kind of work out which one was ahead of which the other. And I think we've missed a few out as well. But there we go. There's only space for ten. They're all worthy. They're all worthy. The, the thing is, is, like we haven't watched everything that we would want want to watch. So and there was a, a surprisingly. There's quite a lot out this year. It seems so last year was very, very slow. Surprisingly, this year, there's a lot of stuff coming out, plus TV shows, a lot of stuff like that. So, you know, it's it's hard getting, cramming everything in, but we're, we're obviously doing the ones we did watch. Yeah, it's weird as well with no Fright Fest movies in there as well, because we didn't do that this year. Disappointing. Mm-hmm. Next year, we will change that. Um, but yeah, okay, starting off with number 10, we're going with... Conjuring Free, The Devil Made Me Do It. Bloody, in, I did really, really enjoy this movie. Um, they're obviously, we're going to get The Crooked Man at some stage, but there's just nothing like the foundation of uh, the Warrens at the heart of that mo- of the heart of the movie. And there's some pretty, really good scares, some weird body deformating and all that sort of stuff. What do you remember from this one, Matt? Um, yeah, I mean, it was um. It was a good one because it had some twists and turns in it. I liked some of the scenes in it. The mortuary scene was really, really cool. Um, but I think all in all, it just really laid the foundations. Like I think we talked about on the episode about like how their relationship is so tight and how they get along with each other. And it just got it got the emotional beat right about their relationship. And, that, and that's what I think it was more about with, with that running alongside the kind of story of what was happening. But yeah, I loved it. I lo- and, and I remember that the really one scene that stuck with me as well. There's a start with the Blondie song that we were chatting about. That was fucking awesome. That scene it was really, really cool. 
yeah, came to us back in June on episode 79. Um, and yeah, I think the standout scene for me was probably, you know, the, the, the finale when she was like coming up against the, 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 the conjurer or the witch or whatever. Mm. Um, and it wasn't a straightforward, um, demon this time, you know, this was like a curse. This was a witch. It had so much like spirituality in it. I really sort of, you, you, you manipulated the, the room again. I really kind of like it when they do that. Um, but yeah, the, the tussle at the end was pretty, pretty fucking cool between the two of them. And well, three of them in the end. But yeah, that was cool. Really yeah. interesting. There's worthy of 10. Definitely had to be in the top 10. I, 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 I do love these Conjuring movies. I think mean, they're fantastic. We do, we do love our Conjuring Universe movies. That's right. Laughing, isn't it? So yeah, on to number nine, which was, uh, which was a little find that we obviously reviewed in the year as well. It was number nine is Psycho Gorman. Had to be done. Did I find this or did you find this? I can't remember. I don't know. We, I think we, we'd seen the poster, both of us, rather than seeing a, a trailer. And then we just, we've been like following it along, haven't we, for, for a while. But basically it's just fucking crazy. It's like, I don't know, it's like, Turbo Kid and Gore mixed up with like a comedy edge, but it's just fucking so batshit crazy. And it's like a bit of Power Rangers even in there. Do you know what I mean? But the the sets and the costumes and the the fucking scripts are so well written. And just alone, Mimi, the little girl that just has the worst potty mouth ever. Just it's just so funny. Yeah, we, we, didn't, we didn't review we didn't review this one for the podcast. This is, so this is one that sits outside of that. No, I don't. I don't think we did. I don't think this was one one of our one of our ones for the year. This is one we watched we watched separately. Um, oh, I thought we did it for the podcast. Fuck. No, this is, we picked one outside of it. I think it because it was so fucking good. That's why it just had to had to be noted. Oh, it was so bad. So batshit and weird, that fucking purple fuck monster. And some of the kills are so ridiculous and daft and yeah. the fight scenes are so fantastic. And and for me the the special effects just were incredible. And just it's just yeah. so it was just so daft. Yeah. I, I I and I fucking love this one. And I I wish we'd reviewed it, but I think it just sat in between a couple and it we might just, have been a big it might have been between a new release, yeah. But it's just it's just so weird. That's what I like about it. It's like you had no fucking idea where it's going, did you? Do you know what I mean? Like literally no idea. I would like some merch, and I'd like to see another movie. There's loads of fucking merch. Yeah. Like absolutely loads of stuff you can buy of it, like figures, t-shirts, everything. It's like it's like you know, hunky boys. That's all I can say is hunky <laughs> boys. <laughs> But yeah, that's great. Let's go on to uh, the next one then, bud. Yeah, number eight. At number eight, we're going with um, the, uh, the the anthology movie that we absolutely love, VHS 94. We reviewed this on episode 88. Um, this was just this. They stuck it on Shudder. Hopefully it hasn't been hidden away. It's got three absolute beauts um, and an absolutely amazing overarching story. I think we both know our favourite is, you know, where is Rake Man? Where is he? Mm. Hey, old Rad Man! He's run away somewhere. Oh, mate, it's just so fucking bonkers. And that sci-fi 
mix of like I've never it's so it's something out of almost like upgrade where they just, it was so ridiculous the um sort of where they, where she put like cameras on on people and she, there's literally just nothing left apart from a brainstem it's so yeah, that that was insane I forgot about that one yeah it's like um, POV or POV wasn't it POV yeah oh man that was crazy absolutely love some of the the special effects in this and like that we the the reason probably why it's not higher it had some a couple of really strong contenders in the story but we we obviously uh, the one with the vampire beat was 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 really weird and clever and the rednecks were fantastic but we just felt that maybe tipped the tipped the balance slightly over a couple of the others i think Mm -hmm. um but for me this one is a well worthy um, being in the top 10 and everyone should get out there and watch this one if they can on Shudder VHS 94 absolutely do it it's the best thing you'll you'll do next year this year even so on to number 7 already at number 7 we're, we're gunning through these so number 7 was another film that we didn't review Army of the Dead what were we doing last year <laughs> busy mate we were busy. <laughs> yeah, we're obviously busy, yeah. Army of the Dead. I mean, fuck me. Well, yeah. Crazy, crazy movie. Just, you know, uh, Zack Snyder can tell fucking stories through his art form. And fuck me, it's crazy. Um, you know, absolute mental effects. Great fucking storyline. When I, when I remember when we talked about it on the podcast, when we heard he was making it and we talked about the synopsis and we're like, that's so awesome that they have to go into, you know, Vegas and there's fucking shitload of zombies and they have to get to this vault or whatever the heist thing. But it's, it is literally a zombie heist movie, uh, with just some insane effects. And it's just, it, it's just a film in it that's a popcorn movie where you don't have to think, you just watch it and it's fun. What did you think about it? Yeah, the music again, I love the Richard Cheese all day. You know, they can put that in there. I think that's fantastic. Um, I like the um, the tag along movie that came out this year as well. Was that what they call that? I can't remember what they called it. Heist of the Dead or something like that. I can't, was it of the Dead? I don't even know. Where he, where we fixated on the on the safe the safe cracker, wasn't it? Safe yeah. cracker. It's fucking great. That was a great like tag along. It was a great prequel, and it was it was nice to watch that. I mean, I watched Army of the Dead twice this year, so it's one of the few ones that came out. I did, and I, I love the action. And I love the the kills and the zombies. I think they're fucking weird and. Different. It's got your favourite Dave Baptista in it, isn't he? Obviously, I love Dave Baptista. Yeah, and it's got Ella Pinnell, who's um, in that uh, yeah. you know Yellow Jacket. She's doing well, mate. She had a good year. She had a really good year. Yeah, I think there's bigger things to come as well. Yeah. Um. So this one for me um was quite an easy set. I mean, I love zombies. Is is me? That's that's my biggest you know draw. I would love to have put this higher, <laughs> but it's fine. We didn't review it. Not a problem. Um, I think it came out at the same time as Cundron 3, which is probably why we didn't. It might have been, yeah. But it's awesome. Netflix just absolutely smashed it. They put an absolute treat on there. Go and watch this. If you ever, who hasn't got Netflix, go and watch it. Smash it out. This one is well worthy of being in the top 10. Totally. Okay. If we get this, we've got a bit of a habit here, mate. You know, this, this is the last one in the top 10, but. We've talked, we talked about it loads, um, but Fear Street, we're going to include the whole trilogy, not do like the first, second or third. Fear Street is going to come in at number six. 
it was just so hotly anticipated, very cleverly marketed. Um, another one we didn't review. Yeah, yeah, another one we didn't review. But the pop-ups were great. Oh, some of the fucking kills are just outstanding. And I just love the style. I absolutely love the style of it. Now, we're singing the praise of 80s horror all the time, but this 90s revival that's happening, I, it's just my, I guess, it, all the little tunes that they keep on... Um, uh, redoing and this that one pulls at your heartstrings, doesn't it? Oh god, it's just my. I guess it's just our our childhood that we grew up in. Yeah. Um, whereas the eighties was kind of like when we were kids. This one's like our teenage, and mm. this is like my mu- The music is just. I'm like, oh, they've done another reversion of just another Pixie song or something like that. But it's just, I don't know. It just works for me. Sinead O'Connor, do it. Which one of the three was your favourite? Would you say? The fuck? Oh, I don't know. The the camp, I think. I think mine was the first one. I just don't, I think it was just so such a good little introdu- introduction of what the characters were. Um, and I'd, I'd say the seventies ones was, pro- was probably second. But I was really surprised how the third one I really liked because like it's not our era. Like the third one was kind of like all kind of set in the dark ages, weren't it? And it was just like I really didn't think I was going to like it, but it, but it, but towards the end. Yeah, spoilers, it, it jumps back a bit, doesn't it, for the last yeah. kind of 30 minutes, and the ending is just fucking awesome. You get some of the most ridiculous kills ever. It's really, really, the stories are just really, it's really clever, and it's just a bit of a a, a nice little delight, wasn't it, to have, because we didn't really, no one really knew anything about it, it just literally popped up, and then just came from nowhere, and it was just like so huge, the buzz online, and people talking about it was brilliant, and I loved the fact that they they you know staggered the released which was cool it was a bit of a phenomenon for a while which was great to see it was an event wasn't it it was like a a really cool event and that's probably what made it a little bit better 100 percent, 100 percent agree yeah this one was worthy of being in top 10 and i'd like to see more of them do more do more stuff like this because it worked Mm -hmm. it fucking Mm -hmm. worked i love those little surprises yeah so we are midway number five at number five was James Wan's Malignant. I mean, we, we were dying to watch this one, weren't we? We were not sure about this. Well, I wasn't sure about it to start off with because I was just like, mm, I'm not sure. But we reviewed this on episode 87, I think. Yep. Um, so, you know, we went in open-minded, didn't really know what's happening. And I'd say probably one of the biggest surprises for me and you this year probably yeah as in oh my god what the fuck did we just watch because you know first 30 minutes is a bit like a to z did when it It was like we talked about on the podcast how it was just a bit "Mm, it's a horror movie and then it just turns into something completely different and out there and just insane yeah it was a bit sinister a bit sort of like insidious and stuff like that and we've yeah. been thinking conjuring paint by numbers sort of thing going on Definitely. which was, and so it had some creepy moments but yeah. it was not hmm. and then suddenly the last 20 minutes you just like this is the best this is one of the best movies that i've seen in a fucking long time that i mean i did see some buzz i think before walking in saying oh you might want to just stay you know don't you know that last 20 minutes is ridiculous and you can see why it's who's the what's his name jake jacob no, uh, oh, what's the creepy fucking person saying? It's just the, the killer is that in the, the woman's head, you know? It's in the woman's head. 
And the way it fucking does what it needs to do and kills is just at something out of like an 80s horror movie that, you know, got like something like Rawhead Rex or Basket Case or some something so beautifully random. Yeah. That, yeah. that, that was, it was genius. And brave as well, really, when you think about it, isn't it? It's like to, to, to really just go, going to do quite a straightforward paint up the numbers film, but then I'm just going to fucking amp it up and do something completely batshit. Yeah. And it, and it fucking worked. And like, um, a lot of people watched it, but it's now come out to buy and I've noticed it fly off the shelves. And because it's a sleeper kind of film where nobody's, I think it'll do really well on general release and people should watch it because it is fucking crazy. Yeah. And it's weird because it's one of our most, our least, uh, listened to podcasts of the year, which is really weird. It was shows to me considering it was a cinema release. It's like, um, yeah, we we want to get the word out on this one. It is one of our least listened to of the year, um, considering how much we loved it. Um, so I think this is one which will find its its home video, or you know, or streaming, and it will just get a second win. And we're finding mm-hmm. in a couple of like in half a year that that for some reason that that podcast that episode will be downloaded a lot more. Fucking <laughs> like bonkers. But, you know, if people tend to listen to this episode uh, a little bit more than the rest, they love a top 10. So if you do, go back and listen to episode, um, what do you say, 87. And <laughs> fucking, honestly, you will not be disappointed. Right. Moving on to number four. My God. Oh God, this was this was a one. Episode 90. We reviewed this. Uh, the Last Night in Soho. Um, I found this just such a stunningly, it's like a love letter to film, love letter to sort of old horror. Um, it was a different way of looking at London. I felt, I thought the actresses in it, um, both of them were just absolutely stunning in their own, stunning in their own way. Um, and I will... And I will watch anything that like Anna Taylor Joy does for the future. Uh, and I think, I think she's great. I think she did wonderful in the, uh, in the, in that 50s sort of esque view. And that song is still with me. Mm. I think it's, I think it's beautiful. But yeah. Yeah. It, 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 this was a, a special treat. Um, and I hope people listening got to see this in the cinema because it deserves that. You're right with the soundtrack. It's unbelievable. I actually bought it on vinyl. Um, that it's that good. Um, it's just crazy. The artwork and the poster when we first saw it was just like, fucking, this is crazy. Um, Edgar Wright knocked it out of the park. I mean, follow, the follow up from, ba- from Baby Driver. And it's just like, just a visual treat, an audio treat. So well shot. So eerie. Um, lovely, great little twists in there. Um, it's just it's just such a great watch, and I'll definitely be buying it on Blu-ray when it comes out. And I hope they do a really nice special edition of it, because yeah, you're right. Both both actresses were brilliant. Um, Thomas and Mackenzie, yes. you know the, the yeah Thomas and Mackenzie, and she's again she's she's very unique looking. She was in two um, movies last year. She was in old as well. Yeah. So she 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 did an incredible job. Um, yeah. Even Matt uh, Smith was good in this. Yeah, he, he was good. We we'll see. We're going to see him some stuff next year, so we'll see if we're going to get a second he's been win. Playing an horrible bastard. He's got that face, and there's something about his ears that weird. 
But yeah, loved loved it, loved it, loved it. It wasn't marred as well either with the you know it's Diana Riggs like last movie and, and you know but it was I just think uh, and it did get a good um, a good viewing rate on this one. Lots of I do do believe lots of people went out to see this one. Um, it was it came out at a good time for people to do to watch it. So it did some yeah it did some numbers mm, definitely. So here we go hurtling into the top three, mate. So at number three was on, we reviewed on episode, our 80th episode, in fact, was A Quiet Place 2. And oh my God, we thought one was good and they followed it up with this. And we were lucky enough to go and see this, if you remember rightly, Paul. We went and saw it and uh, screen, what's it called? Um, What's it called? The Moving Chairs? 4DX. 4DX, <laughs> that's it. So we went to 4DX for this one. And As always, don't money. Let's do it. And it, it was fucking brilliant. It's like the opening car scene in that fucking movie was freaking, felt like you were in the car. It was just insane. And this was one of the first movies, wasn't it? But this was actually one of the first, one of the first movies back. It's quite early. Um, and my God, what a film. I just didn't, I didn't think. I mean, you know, the first one's brilliant and I'm not saying this one's better, but it r- runs alongside it perfectly. You couldn't have done it any other way. The kids were fantastic in this one. It's definitely aimed more at them. Emily Blunt was good. John Krasinski come out and got a little bit of screen time at the beginning. We get to see a lovely montage. That montage is just fantastic. And then the story tale with, um, you know, Killian Murphy was just absolutely genius. And, you know, there is something about um, sound in movies at the moment. It's becoming, um, it's, it's really, really awesome to see. You must be over the moon, mate. You know, like the, um, this is sort of spurred, I think, um, this, this generation of, uh, of actors, like, who are, like, deaf or are hard of hearing. Yeah. Who really yeah. sort of have these front of house ro- roles. It's better, you know, you look at the Eternals, Walking Dead, um, there was another one as well recently, um, Hawkeye and stuff like that. There's a lot around it, a lot around the hearing and stuff like that. Yeah. It's yeah. Really cool to see. Um, and that, like, being hard of hearing in myself as well, they they do get it down to really really like it's the the amount of work they put into f- do the research about how things you can hear things. Bang on! It's really clever, really well done. Mm, yeah, so that was a good one. Love the, I mean that train bit for me was fantastic, and I just yeah I love oh, it. Shit, it. yeah, the train bit that was fucking crazy. I forgot about that. This was actually our most downloaded episode of the year. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This was um got some big, big numbers. So obviously a lot of um this was probably the big this was probably one of the biggest movies of the year, I'd say. Mm, and and anticipated because it was meant to come out like a year before, wasn't it? And then it's fucking shit hit the fan. Mm. Um yeah. And so so glad we got to see it in the cinema as well because again, it had to be seen there. Did the right thing waiting and it's well worthy of a top 3 finish. <laughs> but number two what made it to number two well the executively produced jordan peele Candyman made it to number two we had a bit of a two and fro but i think this was just so worthy i just think this was just such an awesome i don't know word sequel but part of the pantheon of Candyman, and i think the poignancy of this movie and the importance of like the 
the social economic the social politics that we're sort of in at the moment i think it's important that Candyman comes back and kicks some fucking ass um and i just like that and i like the way they did it and i love the way it was shot some of the kills were just absolutely ridiculous uh ridiculous but the way they shot them was just beautiful and i love that it just sort of paid homage to the original and made it better i think this was a I think this was a better movie. I was just um, about to say, you'll probably shoot me down for this, or people out there might do, but um, I think it, I way I would watch this over and over again. Where Candyman is is is, is a good film. Don't get me wrong, it's a fantastic film, but this um, is to me, I think, a better film. Um, it's just, I think with Candyman, it's a great fable. Right? Yeah. I think it's a great uh, boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the first movie was that. You know, it didn't. We we reviewed it. I don't think it stood up. This one's just. This one drops the mic, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Absolutely takes the fable, takes the boogeyman, and really like pushes it into now. And I thought it's great, great movie. Yeah, it was it was really really well done. Really really well done. And um, it's it's just it was just done properly as well. Um, enjoyed it a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Yes. Um, mm. but okay. Over to you, Matthew. Yeah. So our number one movie of 2021 was da, 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 Ghostbusters Afterlife. <laughs> it had to be though, mate. It, I, I think, like you know, um, we knew that this was coming for a long time. Um, we were, I, I mean, I was definitely a little bit kind of apprehensive um, with it being so long um, since the other one and rumblings on about like obviously how Remus had died and stuff like that. Um, so I was going in with not low expectations, but more interested and in, in kind of like what, how and what and where and why and what's going to happen. And just so many questions. And I think this movie for me just answered every question and and did it so well. And just, I mean, we reviewed it quite recently, obviously. So you can go back and hear all our faults. So I'm not going to go on forever. But it just simply was a magnificent, beautiful, beautiful um, film. All, all in all. Just done everything perfectly. Paid homage did a great job of, of just obviously a lot of fan service in there, but I don't give a fuck. I don't give a shit about fan service. That's what it's all about. It's about making a film for the fans. Um, and I haven't heard one person say a bad thing about it. Over to you. Mate, I, I had a tear in my eye watching some of the, some of the scenes. I thought the, um, the use of the, of Goza and all that sort of the tie up with that was fun. Um, a good choice. And I like the way that the the kids took control. Mm. I really did. I thought they were fantastic. Um, you know, it could almost just be a movie about them. Didn't need it and anything else. But the way that the it was all handled was just, I think, perfect for me. And it was a really real perfect movie for the for this year. And go, you know, Ghostbusters franchise lives on through this one, which is which is great to see. It, it's it's moved the story on as well. It's just moved it on to. And pass the baton to the new generation. I hope, um, and that's what I hope. That's what they do um, because it, it just worked, didn't it? They, this film could not been could have not been 
made any other way than this. Yeah. And this is what we call the lovely gateway horror. You know, this is, uh, you know, there are some more horrific and, and stories and gory and all that sort of stuff. But this is, you know, your gateway horror. This is what you watched as a kid. This is what you can sort of move on to and watch the, the more fierce horror movies, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but it did have some jumps. It did have some ghosts and it's just, it's just a beautiful movie. Mm. Um, it's an interesting one that this, well, we've done previous, our previous top tens and our previous number ones and stuff like this. Um, this is just fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, some people may not think it's horror as in, but, but you know, in, in, for us, we reviewed it. It is horror. It's got ghosts in it. So I don't care what anybody says, but it's our number one and it, that's up to us. And we've chose this uh, together. We went through the whole list together, obviously. Um, coming to the both mutual agreement of this being at number one for, for many valid reasons. And I don't think that there's any other film that can match it, really. Boom! There we go. Our top ten of the year. Yes. Okay. There's some other ones that probably we, 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 we did want to get in there. Willy's Wonderland, we really liked, and Freaky. Those two were sort of uh, uh, the power, I suppose, as well. Yeah, the power's, I think, yeah. the power's good, but we just Shadow did. in the Cloud was a great movie. Yeah, well. it's true. Mm. It's true. I mean, Saint Maud. I watched this year, so I wanted to. Put, I wanted to think about putting that one in there, but it wasn't this year, was it? So no. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, but it would have been nice. I think it, it would have been cool if we reviewed it at some point. But you know, we can't have it all. We can't have it all, can we? No. So well, we'll see. Yeah, there are some other cool things that happened in 2021. Some to do with COVID, some, I don't know. You know, nice TV show, we obviously, uh, that we watched Midnight Mass. Uh, this Yellow Jackets thing that's like ended the year. I'm looking forward to watching the rest of that, man, I'm telling you. Yeah, so. Telling you. What about some kills, mate? You know, what would you say was kill of the year? Mm. I think last year we, we said that was stunning was that, um, hosts. Mm. Yeah. The, the dinner scene kill was fucking insane. Um, yeah, I mean, we, obviously we would have seen more kills if we'd been to Fright Fest. I'm sure we'll have some more next year. Um, I think a, a little shout out, um, to a film that obviously didn't make it in our top 10 for reasons why you can go and listen to it if you want. There's Halloween kills there. However, there was a fantastic kill in that. I think, um, one of the lads and gets killed at the top of the stairs and literally his, his head is fucking like literally caved in and smashed down the banisters, which was a brutal kill, and I think that, that has to have a nod. But what do you think? Well, I like, I mean, Fear Street had some absolutely outstanding kills. Yeah, that reminiscent, that, that, the, the opening sequence is reminiscent of Scream, which was fantastic, but I think for me, it's the, it's the, either the axe, it's happened in the same sort of, the supermarket, but the, the meat grinder, it was, I, I mean, I, that I was, uh, dropped. surprising, because I don't think they were going to go there. Could not see that much blood. I don't, again, I didn't see that they were, I, I was so shocked and surprised and just, it gave, I, I think I might have clapped that it was, uh, at the, <laughs> uh, the audacity and the bravery to actually put that level of gore and blood in it. I think it's great. Yeah, that was a great, I think that the honourably kill of the year goes to uh, Fear Street, without a doubt. Yeah, the meat grinder. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Wow. That what a year that was, but 
you know, next year, what does it hold for us? 2022. So much goodness coming yeah. our way. Yeah, can't bloody wait to tuck into that. Our first movie, our second movie probably of the year will be Scream, so look forward to that. And we'll be hunting down our next movie to uh, pull apart for you. <laughs> so, right, I think it's time, mate. I think it's time to go to our movie from the vault. some hell and they did oh sweet mother we're gonna get out of here This episode's movie from the vault is Night of the Demons, the 1988 movie, um, starring Linnea Quigley, you know, amongst, um, directed by the amazing Kevin Tenney. Uh, this is a, um, in this 80s cult hit, we get horny teens at a Halloween party, uh, they get possessed by demons, um, they, you know, try and fuck each other, and um, there's some weird fucking shit. <laughs> that fucking... That's one of the best intros I've heard you say so far throughout the whole of our podcast history. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're welcome. Um, so yeah, this is a new one for us. Yep, neither of us have ever seen this movie. Seen some scenes from it, but not ever seen the actual movie. Um, we get a, you know, as you said, there's a group of teenagers, quite a few. Standard opener in it, really. Standard opener, and you get, this is, this is quite a cliched, uh, 80s horror movie. It's got almost every cliche of, of stereotype of a (laughs) young teen. You get, you get the jock, the, the, the slut, um, the goth, um, you get the sort of bonehead. Um, and you get the press, you know, it's just, it's, it's very stereotypical. There's, a, there's an absolute shocker of some of the, um, things that you get to see in this movie, um, which are definitely worth talking about. Some really weird and, uh, interesting dialogue as well <laughs> throughout. It's a very campy movie, isn't it? Yeah, and it's set at Halloween. Yeah. It's like you couldn't get more paint by numbers. Like, it, it is, like, completely, like, out there, in it? With, like, 
just even the opening of them driving around in the car, just like him, like really, really going at the girl, like telling her she's a bitch and she's a whore and she's a slut. Drive the car, like he's a real arsehole, isn't he? Old stooge, stooge. what a piece of shit, <laughs> stooge. And they're like abusing an old man. That's that's really weird. Like some old guy that's just walking down the road, he gets abused like twice, and then some girl, that really nice girl, the main actress Judy, is it Judy? Judy. Like tries to help him with shopping and shit, and she's obviously going home, getting ready for the party, and the party is going to be at some fucking weird ass fucking house that used to be a a, a kind of funeral home or some yeah. shit. Hall house. And yeah, and then and then one thing I want to talk about is her pervy brother. Amazing. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> what the hell is that guy? He's hiding in her closet. As she's getting changed and she's got, she takes off her knickers yeah. um, and you see a bare bum. Yeah, and the, blatantly the, the, the director's told her to lift up her jumper as well. Because who takes their knickers off and then lifts up their jumper slightly so everything can, everyone can see her ass? Which is so weird. And then she's got a see-through bra on and he pops out, <laughs> this little pervy brother. Of the, of do, you want me, do you want me to do the line? Go on. Wow, bodacious boobies, sis. You keep... <laughs> You keep going, you'll have to have someone to hire to tie your shoes. She's basically telling the sister she's got nice tits. That's yeah. correct. Yes, it's very odd. And he's a, he has a very odd to and fro with uh, Sal at the door as well. He's a little, mm. he's a weird little shit, but yeah, the, and he, he thinks highly, I think he thinks highly of his sister. Very weird. Very strange. Lots of boobies in this. Lots of yeah, you'd never known it was like directed by some old guy or someone like you know, because what I'm saying right in America right, I, quote me if I'm wrong in Amer- in America in the eighties, were all I'd love to know if all kind of like young teens were like that, <laughs> or whether every eighties movie is just directed by old guys that want to see tits. Just saying, <laughs> it's just so weird. You yeah. just you know what's coming straight away. As soon as she went in her room, I was like, "There we go, gonna see it." Every horror, every every movie in the eighties, mate, and and you get this. I mean, Nina Quigley as well. The pink tutu distraction. Yes. Um. I'm, next time we go to a petrol station, I'm gonna get you in a pink tutu. I'm gonna take a pillowcase. I'm gonna fill up so much stuff in that pillowcase while you bend over looking at something. Yeah. I don't know if I get. I don't know if it'd be the same effect, but oh, you know. Okay, you never know. It was rather daft, but it worked. You know, she was there, two young boys staring at her ass for way too long. <laughs> Do you uh, have sour balls? <laughs> that was the line she said, didn't she? Yeah, <laughs> Lena Quigley, Lena Quigley, even. Um, she's she's great. She's mm. great. But they're all going to this house, you know, it's just wacky and bonkers and bizarre. You know, they're just going for a party and, you know, shit happens. A demon gets loose and, you know, starts possessing people, basically. The first one to possess, gets possessed is, um, I, I mean, this is weird. Like, so you've got Judy and what's his name? What's Jack, is it? Mm. Jack and Judy. And he's like, they're supposed to be boyfriend and girlfriend. And yet he's fucking... He dark. just wants to shag her, though, doesn't he? Because he's heard, along the grapevine, 
that she, she she went out one date with Sal and shagged him. That's the rumour that's gone around school. So he's just gone, right, cool, I'm going to have a crack at this. Basically, in a nutshell. And Sal's keep, Sal, Sal is probably sniffing around for that same reason. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit weird, a bit bonkers. Like we but, said, it's very camp. There's, there's a really good um, kind of scene, obviously, where they're all looking in the mirror. Because the, the way they summon this demon is that, like, you've got to look in this mirror and then suddenly, like, you know, you'll see your former self or something. And But what I did like is, you know, when the mirror cracks and they're all talking and they're all in each piece of the mirror, I thought that looked really, really cool. Good shot, like, that. I agree. Yeah, it was, it was kind of... There are some really good, like, shots. Not to mention the house is pretty fucking cool as well, like, Pretty, pretty cool, cool. Yeah, the setting is probably house. better than some of the other houses we've seen. I agree in the horror movies. It is, it is, it is, there's some really interesting sort of shots. Special effects are pretty decent, to be honest. Um, it's probably one of the reasons why it's a cult hit still, because this, they, they do they do stand the test of time. Some fucking weird ones as well. You, you know what I'm talking about. The lipstick and the nipple. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, a really strange kind of thing, because like, She's in the corner, like, drawing, like, lipstick all over her face. And then she just keeps kind of changing into this demon every now and again. But, yeah, that, that whole scene is... I mean, it looked great. Like, it it it, it actually looks real. I'll be yeah. Honest. Um, pretty real, but just really wacky. Like, it almost seems a bit, bit of a strange thing. But, like, talking about films going in strange directions... I kind of didn't know where it was going. There's a lot. There's a lot of running around, going into different rooms, being chased very slowly. Loads of of walking down the hall slowly for jump scares and loads of one-liners from each demon. It's very. It seems like it was trying to be a little bit Evil Dead in places. Yeah, and and there was that weird dance as well that Angela, the goth one, she was dancing for about five minutes doing like a weird sort of like. Um, Kate Bush dance. Weird ass, yeah. Well, her dress was changing. Her dress was changing as well. Her clothes were changing. Yeah. Um, nearly sure. I thought the makeup was quite cool on some of the demons. You could see they'd run out of budget at some point because the dude that gets killed in the casket just had like a little line on his face. Yeah. That looked really fucking cool. Really obvious as well. Yeah. It was like, oh shit, we've run out of money. I oh, know, let's just paint his face white and put like a little bit of a vein going down his head. That'll do. His death was pretty cool, actually. That was a good death, yeah. They're, like, fucking in the coffin. Um, yeah. And then, like, Stooge has been possessed. <laughs> and he comes over and he's, he comes over and, like, snaps a neck. And then just starts, like, chopping his arm off. In the, Slamming the his arm in it. <laughs> and the arm, the arm comes into great effect later. Mm. Yeah. That, that was, was really cool. good, I thought, with the arm. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. And then we have Roger as well, that's the, the biggest pussy in the whole lot of them, <laughs> just keeps running away and leaving everyone. Well, this is what they say, don't they? This is like the only the only black guy to survive a horror, the fir- or the first one, so that was yeah. what anonymous Hat, with. Hats off to him. Like, fair play. But he was, he was, he was <laughs> just leaving Judy everywhere. He's like, fuck you, I'm out of here. Or he jumps like, through the window to get, out, get away from her, and then she yeah. just walks through, and then <laughs> still coming up. But then that scene with the where he's climbing up the wall with the barbed wire, um, and he sort of rescues himself still. Was, but that was great. 
The last one scene lasted about 10 minutes. Mate, how did he get back on the wall? Fuck knows. Don't know. But suddenly he magically appears back up there, doesn't he? And he, and he, and he, and two of them, two of them escape. Judy, for some reason, gets to escape. Very, very, um. Yeah. Odd. An odd, yeah, a, a bit of an odd movie. One of the best lines was it, was uh, from Stooge. Eat a bowl of fuck, I'm here to party. <laughs> Stooge was, uh. Favourite lines. Was a piece of shit, but yeah, he did have some good lines in it. Um, I tell you what, one of my favourite scenes on it, and this is the finale. It was the um the old guy that so the old guy that randomly appeared at the start um we got knocked down it was going to put looks like he was going to put razors the old razors and apples trick he's a bit of a grumpy old man who looked like he was not as old as he was he had some make proper makeup on which you could tell hmm. but his old dear has made him some breakfast and he's eating it, and he's like, "When did you make this this morning? Why? Well, I don't know why you get so many apples every every Halloween." And he's fucking there, and the razors come through his neck. I no. thought that was great. But then, but then it's weird because his missus is just like, "Oh, oh wow, he's dead." Yeah, he's really random kind of little. But the that's, effects looked fucking good. The effects looked good, but it was so random, and that's what made me really, really like it. Because I just thought that's fucking weird. Why do they do that? But yeah, it needed to be in there. I'd say the only like drawback for me was there was is the middle of the film where they're just kind of constantly running around, just dragged a little bit. Um, but it did. The ending was quite cool. I quite I quite enjoyed the ending. Yeah, definitely. I I, I agree with you. It sort of started off okay, and then I think it's like I think literally I looked at the time and I think it's forty three minutes till something actually happens. That's yeah. quite a long time. Well, we had, we had a nice kill with um, Jack. The way Jack dies, um, I was quite impressed with, with the eye gouge. Oh, the eye gouge! Yeah, forgot about that. While uh, Lanier Quigley's like literally riding him. Yeah, like he, literally riding him, <laughs> and he's loving it because he couldn't get his end away with uh, with Judy. So he, he leaves her and then finds finds old um, Tutu uh, with pink lipstick <laughs> all over her face. And it's like, that's nothing to him. He's like, fine. Suzanne. Yeah, Suzanne. He, that's fine. I'll just take you with... Because Sauer turned it down, really. You know, he, he didn't He didn't get turned on by the, the goth dancing. He didn't get turned on by... Uh, with, she sat there with her boobs out, drawing on her face. And he's like, nah, this one's not for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not into that shit. Like the, the standard Italian guy. But literally, yeah, that, that other bloke just walked in. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm up for that. Boom. Didn't give a shit, did he? Get out, but, I yeah. gouged. Very, very interesting movie. Weird, wacky, on the line of like, I don't know, spookies. Um, it's just, it's all just weird and batshit. Wow, it spawned two sequels and a remake in 2009 starring Edward Furlong, which I've seen. And it's not oh. that bad. Oh, okay. I thought it was alright. You should seek it out. I thought it was quite good. It's very, very different. But it was a good watch. All right, I will check that one out, bad boy out. Um, so, apart from the ending, the best bit was the end with the apple pie, um, <laughs> humping in the coffin. Yeah, some good, some good moments in it. Very good. raunchy in places. Very raunchy. A lot of, a uh, lot of nipples. Um, and that dance, you know. Yeah. That got me titillating. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what have you got in terms of maps facts for me? Oh, here we go. So, fact number one, apparently this film was uh, originally called Halloween Party. And then it got changed, which was uh, interesting. Uh, Lania Quigley, who played Suzanne on 2-2, and special effects artist Steve Johnson, who was a, a special effects artist on this film. You know, hats off to him, he did a good job. They met when she came in to get a mould for her fake breast son, and they were later married. Oh, what a cute story. Yeah, that is cute, isn't it? So he got to see the goods before he actually bought them. So, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lena Quigley had gained notoriety for her portrayal of trash in The Return of the Living Dead in 1985, we all remember that scene and was asked to come in for an audition by the film- filmmakers who were fans of that movie. She initially rejected the offer to the audition believing that she was too old um, to convincingly portray a teenager her agent insisted that she go in after a couple more requests she eventually did audition to her surprise, they cast her on the spot. Of course they did. Of course they did. Um, also, talking about the dance scene, uh, actress Amelia Kincaid, who, who played uh, Angela, uh, said the reason she wanted to part was because of all the other girls running around naked getting killed, and she was the only character who got to keep her clothes on and kill everybody else. Like given the choice between screaming and being chased by a female demon, uh, by a female demon, or being a female demon, I thought it was fun. So that's interesting. But you know the whole dance scene. Yeah. That's all choreographed by her. She made it all up on her own, which Maybe. is hilarious. And she goes on to be into the next two sequels and dances in both of them. Apparently. <laughs> but don't tell me you now want to go and watch those two sequels, don't you? Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. And also, it's quite. This is quite interesting. She wears earrings uh, throughout the movie, which are like tiny crosses. Right. When she changes into demon, they're turned upside down. Don't know if you noticed that. No. But that was pretty weird. But it was good. Um, the two more facts, mate, and I'm done. So, um, the lipstick scene with Nia Quigley. So, Lanier had been nude modelling b- before she had begun starring in movies, believe it or not. So, she was completely comfortable with doing the scene. She read the script, saw that they were going to do that scene, and they sent her over to Steve Johnson, who made a cast of her breasts. And then, obviously, they were married. Beautiful story. Nine kills in this film. It's a good count. But the kill, I'm counting the kills as, obviously, the, the people that turn into demons, because they do get killed. Yeah. And that's including razor blade throat at the end. And it was shot in three weeks, and it cost 1.2 million to make, and made three million at the box office. So it made money and more back. So there you Profit. go. That's why they did a sequel. Profit on that. Like it. That's it. Good facts, mate. Well done. How are you going to rate this bad boy then? Oh, I'm going to let you go because I'm. I'm. I think you might have enjoyed it a bit more than me. No, I, I mean, this is, for me, is a bit middle of the road. I liked some of the, the special effects, um, and I, I did enjoy some of the music. It was a bit crazy. But, again, it just I've seen it all before too many times. So this one, for me, is a bit, is not at my forefront. So it's a bit of middle of the road for me, so I'm going to give it a five. Mm, I think I'd go, yeah, five, five, five or six. Um, it's late in the 80s, isn't it? Yeah. All those kind of things to have already kind of been done. 
But I liked I liked their stab at the whole demons changing the voices. Too much running around could have been slimmed down a little bit. Kills were great. Maybe too much boobies for a film. But can you have too much boobies? I don't know for the eighties. But soundtrack was pretty banging. And the end was cool. So I'd yeah. probably say five or six. Yeah, maybe more of a six. Okay, draw Let's last... go six breaths out. Give it a draw and last breath six out of ten for neither demons. Do it. Right, Matt, it's your pick. What are you going to pick for our first movie from the vault? So, this might be a bit controversial, but fuck it, I'm going to pick it anyway, because I really want to rewatch it. I've seen it before. I'm pretty damn sure you have. I'm betting my mortgage on that you have. So we are going to watch for the first movie from the vault of the new year, coming out of the 80s. We are going to be watching Jennifer's Body. Mate, I haven't seen it. Give me a mortgage. Shut up, you ain't seen it. <laughs> You're a liar. Wow. Okay, so we're going straight into the uh, 2000s for this one. I mean, this was, yeah, this is a good timing to do this one. I'm, I'm up for that. I mean, this would be really cool to talk about something um, that's got so much uh, of a cult following. I like it. Mm. Good choice. And good I think choice. as well, for the times that we're in now, there, there is a lot of, to talk about this film. Because I think, you know, as we're talking about on the podcast, this film was of its time. And, yeah, it's grown legs recently, and uh, it's a good one, I think. Yeah, man. Well, banging. Looking forward to that one. Good choice. Right, that ties up episode 94, our top 10 of 2021. Um, Moving on to episode 95, we are going to hunt down a new horror movie. We are hurtling towards that 100, mate. Oh, yeah, we got some 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 conversations to have um we are going to be doing uh some interesting things in 2022 in terms of um something to scream about so look out and matt has just pulled from move from the vault jennifer's body and i guess there's only one more thing to say when there's no more room in hell here's another podcast i am the devil and i am here to do the devil's work you can follow us on Twitter at Draw One Last, Instagram at Draw One Last Breath, or pop us an email at Draw One Last Breath Pod at Hotmail.com. <laughs>